This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women in sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here, and I'm a sex addict. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012, and I'm super excited today to be talking about self-care, okay? And maybe you don't like this word. Maybe you do like this word. Maybe it brings up all sorts of things for you. I don't know, right? But I want to talk about it today, and I want to talk about it in a couple different ways. And I want to share with you kind of some history about why I want to talk about this. Because I have a lot of thoughts and ideas around this word and this concept. This episode has definitely been months in the making, as some of these ideas have kind of rolled around in my head until I felt ready to talk about them. So let me tell you a few stories, uh, just quick things that have happened to kind of bring this to the forefront. I don't know if you know or not, but just this year in 2018, the word self-care was added to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, right? Just now, just now. So if you have struggled with self-care in the past, you now have a legitimate source that says self-care is important because it's in the dictionary. The Oxford Dictionary added it last year in in October of 2017, but we in the U.S. with the Merriam-Webster, we were a little little behind the times, and we added it just this year in March. Um, The word self-care is now a legitimate word in the dictionary. And let me tell you exactly what it means, okay? So the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines self-care as care for oneself. Stroke victims capable of daily self-care. The necessity of busy working parents to take time for self-care. Specifically, health care provided by oneself, often without the consultation of a medical professional. Okay? So really, that's kind of that end part. I just read the whole entry, but the end part is really the definition there. Healthcare provided by oneself, often without the consultation of a medical professional. So it kind of focuses on that medical aspect of self-care, being able to take care of oneself, like they say, like stroke victims capable of daily self-care, right? The, the different things that you do for yourself on a daily basis. Now, the Oxford Dictionary is very similar. It tells us the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. So again, focusing on that health aspect of things. So the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. Um, Also, they kind of have a secondary definition. The practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness. I love that definition. The practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness. So these are now legitimate definitions. (laughs) If you have struggled to prioritize self-care or you're like, yeah, yeah, self-care, whatever, I know, I know. 
it's now legitimate. Like it's in the dictionary. So you can't just ignore it anymore. We've got to start doing things to take care of ourselves, um, to take an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness. So I came across an article a few months ago that told me about this idea that um, that self-care was now in the dictionary. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe a month after that, hang on, my computer just beeped at me. I want to make sure I'm still recording. Okay, I am. So about a month after that, um, late one night when I couldn't sleep, I pulled out this Samsung tablet that I have. So this was my mom's tablet and, uh, and I got it when she passed away and I don't really use it a whole lot. Um, but I knew it had some little puzzle game on it and I was struggling to, to get to sleep. And so I just pulled it out thinking I would play this little puzzle game, right? One of the things you're not supposed to do when you're struggling to sleep, which is look at a screen, but I pulled it out and I opened it and realized that my mom was getting Pinterest notifications. So my mom had loaded her Pinterest account on this tablet and she was getting all sorts of notifications from Pinterest. And yes, I cried for hours probably as I looked through all of these pictures and all of these ideas about things that she had wanted to do or wanted to make or haircuts she liked or I forgot how much my mom loved shoes and just, anyway. Let's not go down that path because I don't want to cry necessarily. But in going through that, I noticed that my mom had an entire board called self-care. A whole board. And I don't know that I would have ever considered my mom someone who was worried about self-care or even concerned about that or thought about that. And yet here was an entire board focusing on self-care. So I, I've got it in front of me. I'm just kind of scrolling through it here. There's like a daily self-care schedule, 10 tips for a mindful home, um, 36 ways to practice self-care, 31 days to living well, um, all sorts of ideas, an anxiety challenge, ideas for self-care, uh, practicing minimalists, me time, just all sorts of things uh, about self-care, lowering stress, being mindful. And I I was excited to look at some of these and to read some of these and, and going through it really helped me to broaden and think about my idea of self-care and what am I doing for self-care and am I doing the right things for self-care. So um, that happened. And then probably a month after that, I had this great discussion with Jackie Pack, who is from the Thanks for Sharing podcast. And we were talking about this idea of not, not just self-care, but we were talking about this idea of prioritization. How do I prioritize the things that I need to do for myself and keep those in balance with all the other things that are pulling at me in my life? How do I prioritize what I need to do in above what other people are asking or requiring or expecting of me. And we had this great discussion and we talked about self-care in that discussion. 
and the idea of am I really doing what I need to be doing to take care of myself and in that discussion is probably my most favorite uh, definition came out my most favorite definition of self-care and Jackie said that she felt like self-care was when I take my own time and my own energy and I put it back into my own life to fuel my own life my wants my needs my dreams my desires when I take my energy and my time and I put it into my own life that is probably my most favorite definition of self-care because it really hits the whole purpose of self-care because our purpose of self-care is to maintain and care and upkeep and support ourselves and because so many people we have so much pulling at our time all of the time we have so much pulling at our energy I only have a, a finite amount of energy and I need to make sure that I use that in ways every day that fuel myself so that I then have the emotional capacity and the mental capacity to do all the other things in my life that I want to do and that are required of me. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense to you. It really hit home for me because that is something that I struggle with right now. I'm struggling with it. I'm struggling with finding the time in my life to do the things that I want to do or need to do uh, to fulfill my own dreams, desires, um, wants, needs to take care of myself. And I'm struggling to prioritize that over what everyone else in my life is asking from me. Um, it's, it seems much easier a lot of times to do what they want first. And then if I have time at the end, I'll take care of my stuff. That happened to me just this last week where I spent weeks, days, not weeks, days working and getting some things done for other people. And the stuff that I really needed to get done kind of went by the wayside. And, and I was really, by the end of the week, I was so frustrated. And when that happens to me and I don't feel like I get my own things done, the things that I need to do for myself done, then I start to get really resentful. Um, and I've realized that that's my own problem that I need to work on <laughs> and that it has to do with this concept of self-care. So in this idea of putting energy back into my own life, I wanted to share a couple things, um, just maybe one or two things that I do for self-care that maybe doesn't feel like it belongs in the self-care category because my idea here is to kind of broaden your idea on what self-care is. So with this concept of putting energy back into my own life, one of the things I do for myself every night is I wash my dishes. And that might seem really stupid, but let me tell you, you know, years ago, I was the one that would like pile my dishes up three or four days before I would wash them. And my mom would be horrified if she ever knew that about me because my mom was one that like washed them every day, but I was not. I let them pile up and then, you know, when I had to, I would wash them. And about four or five years ago, I read this book, I did this challenge about like one year to an organized home. And one of the ideas was that every night you wash your dishes, that your sink is clean every night when you go to bed. 
And I was really like, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do the whole thing. So I tried it. Changed my life. It totally changed my life. Because I realized that when I did some of these small things, like maintenance things on a daily basis, that I had more energy throughout the regular day. When I woke up and my kitchen was clean and my sink was clean, I realized I had a lot more energy. Um, I wasn't, you know, there wasn't this like weight of, oh, I got to clean all the dishes, like marathon cleaning night. You know, when I did these little things on a daily basis to maintain some things in my life, like my kitchen or my living room, my bathroom, other things, making sure that my keys were always on the same hook so I never had to look for them, just different things that I started doing on a regular basis and realized that these little tiny things that I did every day contributed to having more energy in my life contributed to being less frustrated or stressed out because there were all of these things that were already done. And now, as I look at some of those things that I do on a daily basis, including dishes and um, also like making my bed and putting clothes away and putting shoes in you know, the, the right cabinet and all those types of things, I realize that they are part of a self-care routine because it's part of putting my energy and my life back in, or my energy and my time back into my own life in ways that fuel me. And so I hope that as we talk about this today, you think about also different ways that you practice self-care. A lot of times when we talk about self-care or that the world talks about self-care, kind of the trendy things to do would be to get a pedicure or get a massage. Um, or a facial, right? Those are some of the like trendy things that we talk about when we talk about self-care. Maybe taking a bath or something like that that relaxes you. And that's definitely a big part of self-care for sure. I definitely love my pedicures and different things in my life that I would say contribute to that. And I would also say that we need self-care in a lot of different categories other than just the physical category of our bodies. Um, I think that there is a way to practice social self-care. How do I take care of myself socially? Um, emotional self-care. What are some things that I do emotionally to take care of myself? Of course, there's physical self-care. I would also say that there's spiritual self-care. What am I doing spiritually to take care of myself, to maintain my life, to put my energy and my time back into my life in ways that fuel me? And also mental self-care. So all of those categories, mental, spiritual, physical, emotional, and social. Kind of those five categories that we can practice self-care in all five of those categories. Um, so let me give you some ideas on ways that we can do that. So social self-care. One of the ways that I practice and have practiced social self-care is with um, writing thank you notes. I went through a period of time in my life early in my recovery where every Sunday I sat down and wrote four, at least four, usually five, thank you notes to different people in my life. I did that for a couple of reasons. One, I really was trying to practice more gratitude. I was trying to really appreciate the people that I had in my life and see them in different ways. And two, I also really wanted to develop better relationship skills. 
and to really help and to see other people and what they were doing. And, and so I had to look for ways to be thankful to up uh, for other people because I was going to do this. I did it for a whole year and it really, really changed my life in the fact that I was looking at other people and the relationship skills that they had. And I was learning from them because I have an intimacy disorder. And so I don't have great, I didn't have great relational skills. And I feel like that's a way that I really practiced social self-care. Um, some other ideas, playing games with friends, having a party, calling loved ones, right? Taking a walk with a friend, different ways that we can practice social self-care, relational self-care. Because relationships are important. They're a massive part of recovery. And we need to be able to really look at them in a way that helps us to restore and put energy back into our own life. Not all social events are self-care for sure, right? A lot of times it takes me a lot of energy out of my life to even attend a social event or be with people that are a huge drain on my time or energy. And so I want to practice social self-care as well. How do I socially take care of myself? Um, emotional self-care. Emotional self-care is a huge one, people. So it can take the form of journaling or writing, um, reading, uh, maybe sharing with other people, um, finding some type of emotional connection. Um, I would say emotional self-care can also look like affirmations. I'm a huge affirmation fan. Uh, one of the ones I've been reading and practicing lately is... I have many talents and abilities to use in helping others, right? Um, and so this can, you know, look like a lot of different things as far as emotional self-care. Sometimes creating art is a way of expressing yourself emotionally. Spending time with a pet can be emotional self-care. Um, I had a friend who used to like write herself notes and put them in her lunch, right, when she would come to work. Um, or just saying, I love you in the mirror, right? When you look at yourself and you're like, I love you. I love you as a person. I love who you are. Um, asking for positive feedback from other people um, can also be emotional self-care if you have ways to do that. And I would also say emotional self-care can look like helping and serving other people if that's appropriate for you at that time. Um, and so we can definitely take care of ourselves emotionally in a lot of different ways. How do you evaluate? Well, oh, we'll get to that at the end. I was going to kind of like interject there, but I'm going to go to the end. So, um, okay, we've talked a little bit about like physical self-care as far as pedicures and manicures and things like that. But I would say also physical self-care can look like stretching. Um, that's something that I've started to incorporate on a daily basis and has really, really helped me. Taking a nap, uh, giving yourself a foot massage, right? Um, dancing. Dancing can be physical self-care. I love to just dance um, just at my house. Not like at places, but I just, because I don't feel like I dance very well, but I like to move and dance, so that's good. Finding a reason to laugh also can be definite uh, self-care. Spiritual self-care. How do you take care of yourself spiritually? Meditating, we, you know, of course you would think about that. Praying. Um, also, 
guided imagery, like meditation type things, uh, can really can really work. Uh, random acts of kindness, a definite thing that I like to do. Um, reading, I think reading inspirational work can also be a form of self care that can really help us uh, as far as spirituality goes. And for me, a big part of spiritual self-care is being in nature. Um, I love to also lay on the grass. For me, that's like a spiritual thing. I think that grass, for whatever reason, absorbs negative energy. <laughs> that's just my own. That's, that's like the world, according to Amy. Grass absorbs negative energy. So lay on it and like let it take out all your negativity. The more contact, the better. I love grass. Anyway, and mental self-care. How are you taking care of yourself mentally? That can look like learning new things, reading, um, spending time in silence also I think can definitely be mental self-care. Uh, enrolling in a class, right? Doing things that that you want. And another thing that I love for mental, <laughs> mental self-care is deleting things, like throwing things away, but also deleting old email. I love to just like go, you know, like five months ago and just pick a month and just delete all the email that I just don't need anymore. Just kind of clearing things out and like allowing your mental brain to open up and have space. So those are some ideas that you might use or think about when you're thinking about self-care. Now the idea is how do we know if it's working? How do we know if the self-care is the right thing? So for me, I always look at the end result of the self-care activity. So if I spend time reading, is the result that I feel more energy in my life or I feel restored? If I spend time getting a pedicure, do I feel more energy, relaxed? Do I feel restorative? Was that activity restorative to me? Journaling, reading, meditating, writing, emotional connection, taking a class, creating artwork, giving or receiving or soliciting feedback. The, what was the end result? How did I feel when that activity was over? I might have been tired for sure, but how did I feel? How did my soul feel? Do I feel restored? Do I feel like I have more energy, even though I might be physically tired. I can think of an example of um, doing some really hard therapy work and having to write out some emotions and letters and just different things like that. And I remember a particular night after I had kind of finished this letter to my father and it had been a really rough, emotional couple days as I was working on it. And yet, at the end, when I got it all done and I finished it and I read it, you know, again, the whole thing all the way through, yeah, I was exhausted. And yeah, I was emotionally like tax, was taxing to write that emotionally. And yet, I remember standing up and thinking, wow, I, I can feel that I have a lot more space in my life. I can feel that some of this um, grief and emotional emotion, like, turmoil inside me has been worked out and I could feel as I stood up I physically felt lighter um, as I kind of did that and a lot of times when I think about self-care and the activities that I do that's the type of feeling I have when I walk away I feel lighter I might be tired but I the heaviness that I had been carrying 
has loose, loosened up a little bit. And that's how I judge if what I'm doing is working or not for me as far as self-care goes. Sometimes I can walk away from a pedicure and not feel that. Uh, sometimes I do though. So that's just the way that I decide if self-care is working for me. The one thing that I do love about the definition of self-care according to all these dictionaries is the idea that it's our personal responsibility to take care of our own needs and our own upkeep, our own maintenance. It's our personal responsibility. When we think of physical self-care, that, that's pretty easy to think about. It's, it's easy to think that it's our responsibility to upkeep our, our hair or ourselves, to get a massage. Like only we can do that. Only we can go and get a pedicure, right? No one else can do that for us. It's our job to do that, and it's pretty easy to realize that that's our responsibility. However, in these other categories of self-care, mental, emotional, spiritual, and social self-care, it's not always cut and dry. And a lot of times we, we very easily make that the responsibility of our partners, our family, our friends, our therapists, maybe our fellowships or our religions, our guides, our coaches, our teachers, our doctors. We make these other people in our lives responsible for our emotional upkeep or our mental upkeep, our spiritual or our social upkeep. We make other people responsible for that. Um, and we, in that, when we do that, we give away our power to other people. So I think, for instance, um, of people that say things like, well, my religion's just not working for me anymore. I don't feel connected to God when I'm there. Well, okay, maybe that's true. Maybe that is 100% true. And are you taking responsibility for that? Because your emotional connection to God is your responsibility, not your religion's responsibility. That's your job. It's your job to upkeep yourself spiritually and connect to your higher power in a way that works for you. That's your job. That's not their job. I think about my brother the other day who said to me, man, if my wife really loved me, she would know that I need blah, 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 blah. No, no, she wouldn't. That's not her job. It's your job to know what you need, and it's your job to ask for what you need. You know, if you need a day off, that's what he was saying. He needed a day off. Well, if that's what you need, then that's your job. Like, it's not her job to make that happen for you. That's your job. If you need to relax, if you need some time away from kids, if you whatever you need, for your own self-care, that's your job. That's no one else's job. And we need to take responsibility for that. We need to be the ones responsible for that and not give our way our power to other people. A lot of times emotionally, I think we look to other people to regulate our emotions or to self-care, to, to perform um, acts or take care of us emotionally rather than we do that self-care ourselves. I feel like I stumbled on all those words. So one more time, I think it's very easy for us to give away our power to others and expect others to take care of us emotionally or spiritually or um, mentally rather than us take care of ourselves or be responsible for that ourselves. And so when we do that, we give away our own power to other people. And that's, that's not a way I want to live. I want to live 
responsible for myself and my own upkeep. Because when I am pushing that on other people, I become a victim. I've also learned in this idea of self-care that if we can't maintain ourselves emotionally or spiritually or anything like that, if we can't do that maintenance ourselves, we are not super great at being able to help others. If I'm not maintaining myself spiritually and not staying connected to my higher power, then when someone comes to me and is struggling, I don't really have anything to draw on. If I'm not emotionally taking care of myself and like clearing out, like I said, remember like clearing out all those emails, <laughs> making mental space and emotional space in my life by taking care of myself, then how can I have the capacity to hold emotions for other people who might need some help? If, if someone's not good at maintaining themselves, then they don't, they aren't very good at, at being a friend to other people. And they aren't very good at those relational skills that we need. They aren't very safe either. So we have to take that responsibility. Now for me personally in my own life, there are some areas that I do this really well. And there are some areas where I'm still struggling, right? I am definitely a work in progress. I don't get on here um, and share this with you because I'm perfect at it. Most of the time I get on here and podcast and share with you ideas that I'm struggling with. And this is definitely one of those. In fact, in my therapy just a few, just like a week ago, one of my assignments was to sit down and outline what my daily and weekly self-care needs are. So daily, I had to sit down and write, like, what are my daily self-care needs? What are my weekly self-care needs? And I found the whole exercise incredibly challenging because the minute I started writing them, I had this voice in my head that was like, don't be needy. Don't be needy. You don't need that much. You don't need that much. No, that's too much. You don't need that. Okay, you can have like one thing, but not like three things. And it was just this continual um, voice in my head that I had to really fight with. And, you know, the concept of being like high maintenance, right? Like, I don't want to be a high maintenance woman, whatever that means. And I don't want to be seen as needy. And so I had a really difficult time writing it down. And even thinking about self-care a lot of times makes me feel needy or high maintenance. And that's because for me, having needs was not really allowed when I was growing up. I wasn't allowed to be needy. I wasn't allowed to have needs or wants. Um, my job growing up was to take care of others. And now as an adult, I really struggle with that idea of having needs. But I'm realizing that the more that I suppress them, the more they come out sideways in, in other ways in my life. For instance, I have this habit sometimes when I don't feel like I get my enough time for myself. I do what's called like time stealing. <laughs> that's what I call it. <laughs> I don't know if there's a real word for it. But rather than like go to bed at a decent time when I need to go to bed, I will stay up and I will do stupid things like watch TV or play games. Not because I'm not tired. I am tired, but I, I get resentful and I'm like, I want personal time. I want time for myself. Now, I don't use that time in productive ways, especially when it's late at night. 
but I like steal time for myself. And the thing is, I'm stealing it from myself, right? Because then the next morning I'm just tired and I perpetuate this cycle. But I'm learning that that's one of the ways I do that. I do that because I'm not taking care of my own needs. And when I don't, when I'm not taking care of my needs or I don't acknowledge what I want, like I said, I become this resentful, angry, bitter person. And I would say I start, one of the things that I can always tell when I'm not taking care of myself is I start comparing myself to other people. And that is like deadly trap right there because comparison is the enemy of connection. And what I really want in my life is to connect with other people. But when I don't take care of myself, then I start comparing and comparison is the enemy of connection. And so I don't connect with other people and it becomes this vicious cycle. And so doing this exercise with my therapist and then also just really kind of evaluating self-care and redefining what self-care is has really helped me to reframe my own needs and wants and desires in ways that are starting to be more productive. Like I said, I'm not an expert at this. This is just something, this is a work in progress for me. But I'm starting to see and I'm starting to really have some great connection around how much self-care I need to be doing and around the ways that self-care really benefits me in my own life. So my challenge for you today, okay, if self-care is something that you've struggled with, you now have a legitimate reason to do it because it's in the dictionary, right? And if it's in the dictionary, it's real. So you need to be thinking about self-care. So first I would say, start with like, what is your ideal? What is it that you want to be doing on a daily basis for self-care? Maybe that's exercising, having time to make meals. For me, that's I've got to have some downtime in the day where I don't have to really be pressured or struggle um, to, you know, to perform. Uh, there are just different things throughout the day that I want to be doing. And write that list out. <coughs> and write out some of the things you need to do on a weekly basis. For me, like, I need to spend some time playing the piano on a weekly basis. If I don't do that, I feel like, what's the right word? Um, I feel stifled. That's the right word. Like, not suffocating, but just like stifled, right? Um, if I'm not spending time musically on a weekly basis. Uh, same with like being creative. I like to draw and paint. Um, if I'm not spending at least some time on a weekly basis doing that, then I start to feel just stifled and um, and like I'm not moving forward and and I'm suppressing I feel like I'm suppressing things and so I started to I made these lists of things that I need to do on a daily and a weekly basis now I know I'm not gonna be able to start doing them all right away because like I said it made me feel super needy but I have goals I have things I'm gonna start doing on a regular basis um, just little goals and then start to implement more and more and I've got an accountability partner on that to be able to really help me start to prioritize what it is that I need and put the energy back that I need into my own life and I fight the idea of it being selfish however 
I'm starting to not buy into that anymore because I'm starting to see the benefits and the payoffs that I have from just the few minutes that I'm prioritizing of my own wants and needs and my own self-care, my own maintenance, my own upkeep. And just by doing that for a few minutes every day so far, I'm starting to already see a lot of payoffs. So that's my challenge for you today, to redefine self-care. What is it that you're doing for self-care? How is it really fueling your own life, feeding your own life? And maybe evaluate some of those things that you think that you're doing. And then start to challenge and write out that idea of what do I need to do on a daily basis? What do I need to do on a weekly basis for my own self-care, for my own maintenance, upkeep, care, and support so that I have the energy and capacity to help others in my life and to do the work that I want to do. Start making those lists and then work on them. That's my, that's my challenge to you today. I hope that this all made sense to you. <laughs> and I hope that you're able to kind of really think about how I can do that. Because I know for my own life, just the small changes I've made in the last seven years that I've been in recovery have made, have had huge payoffs. And I'm just hitting up against that next wall, right? That next layer. You know, recovery is a layer process, right? And at first there were things that I did for self-care. And then I realized those things weren't working anymore and I needed to do something different and I pulled off the next layer and those things weren't working anymore and then I need to do something different and now I'm bumping up against that next layer and I'm pulling off that next layer of excuses that says you're being needy or you're being selfish or you're too high maintenance. And I'm saying, no, that's not the case. Like so far, everything I've done for self-care has really had massive changes and impact in my life and now I'm going to even change that up more and level up to that next level so that I can make the next la layer of changes that I want to in my life okay that was a lot of information I hope that today you will take care of yourself and do just one thing to take care of yourself whatever that is if it's turn up the music right now super loud in your car and dance, do it. Whatever that one thing today is that you're going to do to put your energy back into your own life. I hope that you remember that no matter what's going on, no matter if you're good at self-care or not, or if you hate self-care, or if it's something you've struggled with your whole life, no matter what it is, you are worth that effort and recovery. You are worth self-care. You're worth it. Make it a priority. You're 100% worth recovery and worth the self-care that it takes to make that happen. If you don't believe me, if you don't know that, you can trust me because I do. And you can believe me because I feel that. Every time I put one of these podcasts together, I feel the love that the universe has for all of you women out there struggling or not struggling or whatever in recovery because you are worth it. So make that a priority today. Okay. I think about you. I pray for you and I love you until next time. Amy.
the legal stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.